Hi, and welcome to another episode of Styling Matters with your host, Lizzie Richardson. Thanks for joining me this week, and I have an exciting interview to share with you. Today, I had an Instagram Live with a fabulous lady called Emma Cowlam, and she is one half of two fabulous ladies from a company called Just Add Style. These ladies got together in 2018 to put together a company that focuses on unique prints that are hand-drawn by Emma. And then Emma and Lisa, they create, at the moment, they have silk scarves and silk eye masks. And over the next six to eight months, they're gonna be expanding this range. It sounds all very exciting. So Emma's gonna share their story and we're going to talk through some of the product. I realise that's quite visual and being on the podcast it's more audio but if you love 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 what you listen to then be sure to do two things. Either head to the Instagram page for either myself or just add style and you can watch the Insta Live back again or simply head to www.justaddstyle.com so that's www.justaddstyle.com and you can check out the products there. Now, a couple of things to note, which I picked up on in the interview. The silk scarves, the skinny ones, they're 60 pounds. But if you go for a double print um, style, so what that means is it's one print on one side and a completely different print and potentially a different color on the other side, you get two scarves in one. So that's technically 30 pounds. In addition to that, every single scarf sold, five pounds, goes towards a charity called Suited and Booted. And for once, this supports men, not women. This supports men who are either unemployed or on low income to help get them styled, get them um, interview ready so that they can go to an interview and upgrade their life with, with a new job. So a really, really great cause that's suited and booted and every purchase you make supports that charity, um, which I just think is fabulous. It is an Instagram Live, so therefore the audio could vary, um, but we hope you enjoy every single part of it. And I'd love to know which scarf is, is your favorite really. So be sure to DM me or leave a comment and let me know which one you love the best. So I'll hand over now to the interview. lives really really exciting I think because you know um, I think people accept these days just to go with the flow with a live and I think um, that's just how it is so yeah anyway hello this is the first time we've met it is the first time we've met although we've spoken a lot over Instagram which is so lovely so you kind of feel that you know people but it's really lovely to chat to you yeah I know there's always that when especially when we go to events and because everyone spends so much in the dms and on people's squares and that and then you all get into a room and it's just like oh you're real people so yeah I know exactly what you mean and people are always much shorter or taller than you imagine I'm a lot shorter than people imagine (laughs) I'm only five foot six but I think people expect me to be more more, more to than that anyway we're going to kick start with a bit of styling matters to get to know a bit about you then we're going to actually move into some of your lovely gorgeous products and a little bit about just add style and you can tell us all about um your design process so emma you're one of 
two halves so you have a work wife called yeah. lisa and it's just that style but let's find out a bit more about you so tell us a little bit about your own personal style so i feel like i've been very blessed because i went to art school for four years in both london and new york i then worked in fashion so i've kind of always been around really inspiring women who have amazing style and um, even now i kind of like walk along the street and i'm like oh that's a good idea and that's a good idea but what i feel lucky about was i was in i'm 35 now um but i was in my very early 20s when i worked out quite quickly I can't really follow fashion. I wasn't the sort of girl who was like rushing into Topshop, buying the latest whatever. I've always been quite a classic dresser, um, quite plain clothing, just accessorized with a little bit of color and really good fabrics and kind of knew what worked for me quite early on. And when I was working in fashion, that could be quite distracting. I used to think like, oh, maybe I should should be a bit cooler and you know wearing the latest trends but I just didn't really buy into the fast fashion lots of you know newness all the time I was always quite classic well actually it's funny enough it's really that's a really interesting point because um fashion designers um particularly when you watch the behind the scenes and um fashion weeks a lot of the designers wear all black and everyone's like, what? why are they not all dressed up and all jazzy like the models? Now, I think as a creative, I don't know whether you find this and that, sometimes when I really, really need to be in a creative zone, I just dress as plainly as possible because I, I can't cope with the fuss of the outfit. I think it stifles what I'm trying to do on an output. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. And I did a three year degree in textile design at Chelsea School of Art. And everybody, you, I, I think when I first went there myself, I thought I'm going to be totally out of my depth style wise. Everyone's going to be dressing in these amazing clothes. And we all clearly love print and we love color and we love texture. And then you get there and everyone is literally wearing, in those areas, it was like kind of 2006, 2010. It was like, skinny jeans and a plain t-shirt and that was it and a pair of Ugg boots it was cold in that but there was no there was no wild outlandish dressing that you'd think would be in a design studio at all it was very plain and it then gave you so much headspace yeah to absolutely focus on what you were and i think there's well without categorizing people because that's really wrong to do sometimes um there's some people who are not creatives but love fashion and style and want to dress up every single day and then there's other people that appreciate fashion and style but doesn't necessarily want to play it every single day and and they'll they'll you know jump into it if it's a night out or lunch with girlfriends but don't feel they have to do it 24 7 so i think yeah i completely i completely get you there um on that and i'm a classic dresser i um Whilst I like embellishments, so as a, my own personal taste, I'm half Italian. So that whole Versace, everything's got to bling, everything's got to be loud. It's really strange. I like that in jewellery and accessories, but I wouldn't do it in a top. I mm. wouldn't do it in a whole outfit. So I think, yeah, you have to stick with what's naturally um, for you. But how much does style matter to you? Not necessarily every day, but just generally in your life. Oh. Yeah, for me, 
when I look back on my life and I see all these big momentous occasions of, you know, meeting someone you love or having an amazing, going to an amazing wedding of your friend or something, the automatic thing I think of is, what was I wearing? Yeah. And I feel like I, I sort of remember things in outfits. And for me, as you say, not every day, you know, today I'm just in a pink cotton top, you know, nothing special because I'll be working all day. Um, but style is really, really important to me. I feel like if you're going out to a meeting or, you know, you're going to an important event, clothing has such a power to change who you are and how you act and where you come from, sort of in your energy and in your mood and in how people see you. I feel it's a real way of presenting yourself without saying anything. Yes, exactly. And do you find you take inspiration for your own personal style through girlfriends or do you actually lean more into social media and the celebrities or do you think at 35 now you're actually in your comfort zone and you and the outside inspiration doesn't actually impact you now compared to when you were younger? I would say that most of my style inspiration definitely comes from knowing myself, knowing myself, my body my skin tone, my hair tone, what suits me. I know I can't wear all black. I need to wear navy or grey, something a bit sort of softer because I'm paler. Um, I definitely obviously look on Instagram and, and love finding amazing brands and, you know, love stumbling across things just, you know, when you're on that 11 p.m. at night scrolling online when you're lying in bed and you should yeah. be going to sleep you're down the rabbit hole. And I find some amazing things and I screenshot them and then I go back to them. Um, but most I feel like just being out and about in life I'm you know you could be at the farm shop cafe or a cafe on Marlebone High Street or something and you just see a woman like oh I must get a tailored grey coat sort of kneeling you know because you just see it on someone else yeah and I think people and this is this is really going to link really into what you just at style do with scarves and that I think accessories I think there's two two elements of style that if women generally can get right the layering of an outfit but also how to accessorize you don't you don't really need much else if you're not really into fashion you know if you're really into trends want everything to be very modern and very new that's that's one thing but if you just want to be stylish and add a bit of interest to your outfit every day or be not necessarily known for but have your outfit remembered i think is actually more likely to be the accessories that you wear rather than particularly a dress for example when i when i lived in new york i um was at the art school there for a year the first time i lived there and uh, at the fashion school which i absolutely loved and loved all different areas of fashion but they kind of you you had to live in the accommodation that they gave you and they just paired you up with whoever was also on the course and I was very fortunate enough to live with a girl from Paris called Alex, who was the epitome of French style. And she, she, I feel like she taught me all I know. Now, and she used to say every time. Theater, what, what was your apartment like? Where were you? Were you staying on campus? Were you staying right yeah, in so, a particular district? Yeah, so I went to the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York, which is, so I went to Chelsea Art School in London yeah. purposely because I knew they did this exchange to New York. I even spoke about it at the interview. I mean, I was, I mean, looking back, I was like, what you must have just you thought about me? I, I was like, I, I've never been to New York before. I just watched a lot of Sex and the City because it kind of just come out. And um, so I kind of managed to manifest that time in New York. So 
they sent me there and we lived on campus so we had a little flat with your flatmate which was amazing because it was on 27th and 7th in Chelsea so we lived literally at Madison Square Garden so wow. we were in the heart of the heart and looking back now I appreciate it at the time but looking back now I can see how actually how massive that was um it was just amazing you'd like walk out the door into the heart of New York yeah it was it was I amazing. Had to, I, I went to New York for my honeymoon. Oh. I had been, I had been previously as a child because half my Italian family emigrated out to America and they live in one of the states around where they're there. So I'd been there as a child, but both my husband and I really, really wanted to explore the city. So we, so we used our honeymoon as a good excuse. We went six months, and I have to be honest, it's still one of the best holidays ever. You can't beat New York. Oh. So did the, so. Did you say it's Alex from Paris? Yeah, so Alex came from Paris and she, she really taught me all I know. So she didn't wear any prints at all, apart from maybe the odd Hermes scarf. She was very plain, so she'd wear grey, she'd wear brown, she wore a lot of black, she had quite dark skin, quite dark hair, so she yes. could really carry that off. She was tall, she was about 5'11". I'm, I'm about nearly 5'9", so I'm quite tall, but she was sort of statuesque. She had an amazing figure. And she really taught me that she would get dressed to go out and then she'd take one thing off. Yeah. And that is such a key tip. She'd be like, no, I've got one too many bracelets on or one too many this. She'd look in the mirror and she'd take something off. Yeah. Sorry, can you hear my dog in the background? I am so sorry. <laughs> he insisted on coming into the office with me. Alfonso. Thank you. Um, <laughs> sorry. I have a golden retriever, so I'm normally covered in golden fur at the same There's time. There's two of us in the house at the moment. He's chosen to be out with me, but sorry, I've just let him out. But yeah, sorry about that. So yes, so no, take one thing. Okay. I do that with jewellery predominantly because mm. I like to bling up, and then just as I'm leaving, I'm thinking, tone it down. So yeah. so yeah, so I totally get that. What else? Is she and I think to? that you want your style to shine through and this is also something that Alex taught me you don't want the clothes to wear you you can walk down the street and see women who are clearly like oh that's in style that's in fashion I've seen someone else wear and it's too much you want to be able to just be confidently yourself and have your own kind of personality yeah. shine through yeah, and absolutely. not let the clothes you, you don't I always feel like you don't want people to look at you and think oh my goodness she's like super stylish like she's tried too hard you just want people yeah. to be like oh yeah you know that's her that's her natural style yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I totally get that so interestingly because i want i think before we go into detail about just said style i think because some of the people watching and hello to everybody who is and fingers crossed this might be on the podcast as well so you know everyone who's listening um they might not be so familiar with your products so i'm i've well, firstly, I'm wearing your London scarf, which I want to talk yes. a bit more about in a bit and that. But I've got on here all your different um, skinny scarves. Um, so let's just talk through. So we've got some Dalmatians. So I take it that's inspired by 101 Dalmatians, it, am I right? Or Dalmatians Prada? Yeah. So, so Lisa and I started by making our large squares. So our London fashion, the one you're wearing. Yes. And as we were sort of, we also started sort of just in the time of the pandemic. So it was all, you know, a cra yeah. crazy time. Um, but we realized that squares can be quite hard to wear. And we kind of just stumbled across this idea of doing a skinny scarf 
So it still has the luxuriousness yeah. of a, a square, but wasn't quite so intimidating. It was easy to wear and it was less formal and you could and dress it up, dress it down. Yeah, and I definitely agree. You know, like if you've got a blazer on, you can just wear it under the lapels. If you've got a white tee on, you can just do the, um, um, not quite how you've done it, where you've got it actually as a choker and then it just as a tighter away. by the yeah. side which I think is super stylish over a white tee. But what I think is interesting about your design, they're all quite vibrant in colour. So we've got blue, we've got pink, we've got green and orange. But I didn't realise this so much until obviously, um, I think just, just to be clear, these are on loan from you guys as part of the, um, as part of the, um, the live and that. But turnover, and there's either yeah, they're double sided prints or with the pink. This really shocked me. We've got red leopard prints. Which, when we discovered that our manufacturer could do double sided, I can't tell you the excitement. <laughs> just to be first up, you where, where you've got a double print, so your skinny scarf, scarves are 60 pounds, you're basically getting two for that aren't you? Two scarves. And again, it goes back to that whole style thing of, you want something classic, I feel, in style, but then also something that's a bit shocking and a yes. bit unique and a bit different. So I think you could wear like a, you know, a lot in the winter, I'll wear a very plain polar neck jumper and then just bung a scarf, over, a skinny scarf over the top. And because it's got two sides, it's just quite, there's just something different about it. Well, exactly that. I've got a couple of coats, wool coats, where they've got an interesting silk lining. When I say to people, you know, invest in a, a really stylish wool coat, but if you can take it up to that next level where it's got a styled lining, because as you walk through the streets with your knee high boots and that in the winter, your coat tail will swing open mm. and that element of print which is normally contrasting, is what elevates it. And I think your mm. scarves do it the same. I tried on the pink earlier and did it in that, in that style that I just said. And I could just imagine that, you know, because I'm in double denim today, and because I do dress quite, quite plain, and I mm. use accessories to elevate, I can imagine wearing the pink with the blue denim, that's really good work. But then as I walk, people are going to suddenly get that shock of red leopard print from nowhere. And that will be what catches people's eyes. That will suddenly, doesn't matter who I am personality wise, that will suddenly make me more interesting to somebody who doesn't know me. Do you know what I and mean? It, and it's that detail. And I think for Lisa and I starting our own label, obviously lots of people are doing scarves and lots of people are doing prints. So it's, how can we do our own thing that is our own talent and is ours, but is also different? You know, you're always trying to make a classic better and even more modern and more for us. And when we, yeah, when we discovered the double side, we were like, that's a genius that's idea. So you've told us a little bit about, so you started, so it was 2018, you started in, um, your business was obviously up and running. You obviously had um, went through the COVID years and, and that. But you started with the London, do you actually have the London scarf to hold yes. up rather than me? Just to show so the people I watching, these are illustrations of 
sort of basically cool London girls, isn't it? Is it one girl on repeat or have you, is that different girls? No, there's different girls. So my background, I can start from the beginning. Um, so I went to art school and did my stint in London and then my stint in New York. And it was when I was in New York, I went to a fashion illustration class. So they brought in a live model and the students drew it. And it was, for me, it was like, like making the love of your life. I was like, oh my God, this is it. And there was a girl in the class called Jodie who still lives in New York and I still know her. And I remember looking over her, we'd never met before. And I remember looking over thinking, oh my God, I've like found my life. You know, like I've been doing a textiles degree in London and loving it, you know, doing prints and learning about fabrics and being super creative and living in London. And, but I still didn't feel it was quite right. Yeah. It just wasn't like my first love. But anyway, so I went to New York and I discovered this fashion illustration and I was just became obsessed. I was drawing women in magazines. I was very fortunate enough to work at New York Fashion Week on an internship. I was there with a sketchbook. I was taking photos. I was just so inspired by the way women dressed and how they looked and drawing them. So you find drawing figures quite easy then? Because I, mm. I did a bit of art at school and if anything, if I had to draw a person, I wanted to cry, give me a bowl of fruit, I could make yeah. that work. But you, you found that with, with figures, do you get hung up on their dimensions or do you just go, no, I'm just gonna do it my way. She's, she's enough, but then I'm gonna sketch her. Yeah, and again, I've got a couple here to show you. So I have quite a minimal style. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, it's, you know, don't draw, don't draw too much yes. and really try and capture the essence of the person. And normally fashion illustrations are quite painterly, they're quite traditional. And I, again, right from the early days, I wanted to create something really unique that was really quite and you've different. Obviously, got your own unique style because I noticed when I was looking at all the figures and that, I couldn't quite tell if they were the same girls or not just from glancing, but they all worked with each other, even if they weren't yeah. the same. Does that make sense? I was very lucky. I was very lucky in that I knew my style quite early on. I feel like, and I did used to think I'm a bit of a one trick pony. You know, if this style goes out of fashion, what's going to happen to me? But actually, I think being in your niche yeah. is quite important. And knowing what you do and doing it so well to the highest of standards is really important to me. Yeah, so, so I'm going to put you on the spot. So you've done a London scarf. Mm. Why, did you, why did you not do a New York one? Well, it was the plan. Our initial plan when we started business um, was we do different squares of different cities we thought imagine doing an LA scarf and a Paris scarf yeah. and you know you could have poodles on it and yeah. fun things and different women and then the skinnies just kind of took off yeah and it's kind of, so hopefully we'll go back to them and we can invest some more time and everything but yeah we would love squares of every can amazing you not city that do we do the illustrations on a skinny because you've done the animals and well, yeah, we have definitely thought about doing a London fashion in a skinny, and that's probably something that we need to explore. Um, but what we have found is that as much as people love the illustration so much, they don't quite know quite how to wear them. I think they think, oh, this is a print. I know this. Yeah. I know how to wear this. But it's not unless somebody's like really in touch with creativity and really in touch with their style. They see that you know, people to buy these and frame them. Yeah. I mean, I had the luxury of having them all out so I could look at them all. Mm -hmm. I was 
dazzled by the pink, but I'm not allowed to wear magenta pink if we would stick to the rule book, which okay. I don't. But if if we if we had to stick to the colour spectrum rule book, I'm not allowed to wear magenta pink. But I thought, well, it's got a bit of red, which I can wear. We'll go with it. But naturally, maybe it's because I wear a lot of black, maybe because I am more of a classic. The London scarf did appeal to me more. But I can imagine for most people, the pop of colour is what they're leaning into because that will then give them, that will make, I feel like it will make them feel like they've made a bit more of an effort. Does that make sense? Because yeah. they've chosen colour. Yeah. And, also, and it's just a bit standoutable as well. It, you know, I think that I'm a slight magpie myself. You know, if I'm in a shop and there's something really colourful, you're like drawn towards it. I feel, you know, and I think yeah. that's what people are drawn to. So yeah, so just the style evolved out of my love of fashion illustration. And Le I'd met Lisa just as I was leaving for New York to the art school. We met at a swimming pool, really randomly. We used to go swimming together and that's how we met. <laughs> And she was a graphic designer. You you can't make it up. When people, no, like, you know, swimming pool. We met a swimming nice. pool. So I, okay, so I was swimming. Yeah, so I went swimming every day. And in the change room afterwards, I got chatting to me. So she used to do spinning classes, which I used to think was horrendous. Um, so she'd be spinning, I'd be swimming. And then we'd chat in the changing room afterwards. Like, oh, have a good day. And then after a few weeks of this, it was, oh, what, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm at art school in London. I'm about to move to New York to go to fashion school there. And she was a graphic designer. And I'd never, I don't come from a super creative family. Um, so I'd never met anyone who actually worked in design. And I was like, there's this grown up working in design with her own business. And we, we became friends and she really mentored me. So throughout my 20s, after the art school and she was telling me about how to send an invoice and how to make a and logo. Lisa's and a bit older than you. So you're, you're so Yes, yeah, so I'm, Lisa's in her early 50s. I won't give her exact age, she probably won't be. <laughs> <laughs> no, she looks great. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, Lisa's yeah, yeah. 19 years older than me. So, um, yeah, so she became a real mentor. Not only a friend, but a mentor. She'd be like, have you done your tax return? I'd be like, what's the tax return? So there was all of, you know. dynamics now, now that you've explained the, yeah, yeah. okay. Oh, and she really kind of, yeah, she really guided me through lots of different things, both in my professional life and my personal life, which as you can imagine in your 20s, is always ups and downs and stuff. But right from the beginning, we'd always kind of joked like, oh, we both love fashion. We both love silk. We both love luxury. Wouldn't it be amazing one day to do something together but it was never the right time because you know we were she was she was running a very successful graphic design agency working you know for different businesses and doing big projects big corporate things and really interesting things quite commercial I was doing a mixture of styling fashion illustration various freelancing worked at a trend forecasting agency just was doing lots of different things um but always drawing always exploring commercial illustration fine art illustration just really it took me quite a while actually so to find my feet would, would you actually say then you're the design the behind the scenes the creative and and you do the design process and more lisa's more the the marketing element that's of of, of the side no, that no. kind of works i i do the drawings so i draw every single is drawn on an individual sheet of paper differently and then Lisa we then scan them and then Lisa does the design 
So she's, she, Lisa is very gifted technically. I'm not great technically on the computer. I'm very good with a pen and a piece of paper. So all of these drawings of this London fashion yeah, has yeah, been yeah. drawn on a different piece of paper. Everyone started out like a drawing like this. It was then scanned, yeah. digitally cleaned up. It takes hundreds of hours to create a scarf because I do all the drawings. Lisa then scans them. We then sit in front of the computer and pour over the design for hundreds of hours of like bit to the left there, bit to the right there, not quite right. And then so Lisa's a lot more to other, it, right. yeah. And then Lisa's other amazing gift is her ability to use color. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm good at colour, but Lisa is on like a whole other level of colour, which is why our colours are so jewel-like and so kind of yeah. beautiful. She's got this amazing ability to see the collection evolving. We're about to introduce another eye mask and she can really see it already. Yeah, and I can say, just to hold up the scarves again, um, just to show people who are watching. So like you've got, you've got this um, gorgeous sort of royal blue, but then you've got this sort of mustard mm -hmm. Yeah, like a gold mustard. Yeah. And I wouldn't have naturally put those two together, but it, no. it really does work. I mean, I, as I said before, I was excited by the pink and the red, and I think pink and red really does go. Um, but sometimes you haven't, sometimes you haven't done the, the multi, but I think on this... That, the so we, didn't one, do the, we didn't do the reversible ones on those ones, because at that time, when we first did them, we didn't know our factory could do double-sided. So when we first started, we just did one side, and then we found out we could do two. I was like, oh, oh thinking, with this one, you've got it where it's... Because you see that quite often sometimes on scarves, where it's slightly brighter one side, which works... If we go back to the colour spectrum of people, seasons, you know, bright the colour but then on the other side it looks a little bit with them work and some is it's just I, I just happen to notice it well it just feels like that when you just first look at it but then again where you've got the double I think you've also been very clever in with this orange one instead of going for two colours you've just gone for two prints so if you really really yeah. love the colour again it's just, I think it's and again, we wanted, to, one. we wanted to have a nod to the leopard print trend, but again, do it in our own way. We didn't just want to make a leopard print print and then stick it on a scarf because you can get an excess. Like we always say, like, we don't want to create something that you can buy and accessorize. You know? We want to create something really different. So coming back to your design process. So here we can see for those who are at home, obviously it's got your branding in the middle. But then are you saying the actual leopard print is a unique print? Yeah, it's hand-drawn. So I will draw all the leopard prints and then it's all scanned and then digitally put together in a composition. It's a bit like a collage. Yeah. So I'm doing all the different bits of paper and then Lisa's collaging them together. So what, I, so what I'm getting across is this is a unique print that people mm. can't buy from anywhere else. But no, no, no. Else. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a yeah. lot, you know, that's a, lo a lot to take into consideration that, you know, particularly at a time, let's be honest, scarves, as you said, you've mentioned accessorized. If you think H&M, you, can, you, think yeah. you can get a scarf for a fiver. Yeah. But I've had this before where I've picked up what I think is a lovely scarf. I, um, we'll get into all the different ways you can wear them in a minute, but I quite often, it might start around my neck, that's not there for very long. And then I end up tying it to my bag. I'm more often, you'll see 
my scarves mm. on my bags because my bags again are quite plain and so if we just I've got this one here so that I thought I could use as an example you know that's it's a beautiful bag it's very structured but it can be very plain but if you then if I just quickly do this live I hate demonstrating live but here we go but if you start to put it through can you see once that's then cross-bodied it'll be knotted obviously cross-bodied and the bag slightly behind you you then got this beautiful fabric floating behind you as you walk and I think that really makes a difference and I just think sometimes you you think you're treating yourself to I don't know an accessory a nice scarf and that and then and then you're walking the streets and you and you can see other women wearing it yeah. and I this is where I think you really add value. You're not just adding style, you're adding value because you can confidently walk down the street knowing that this is a unique print. Yeah, and I think that we're trying to, Lisa and I have been talking a lot lately about the marketing and about how we're going to scale the business up. Um, and we said, you know, we really need people to understand that we're a print studio as well. You know, we do production in silk, but fundamentally we're, we're into print, we're into drawing and design that, you don't get anywhere else and um yeah, yeah so I, we, I think that's so, a really really good added value to um for women who you know they don't want to walk in a room and as no. much as twinning is winning and all of that at the end of the day women don't really want to walk into a room to find somebody else wearing what they're wearing and it's well funny you should say that because last night i went out for dinner with three girlfriends who um we went to a lovely restaurant in london it was really nice and two of them rocked up and we literally couldn't stop laughing. They were dressed identically. They both had a tank, a, a, like a cashmere sleeveless tank top style top with a silk blouse underneath and then a pair of trousers, all in very similar colors. And we just couldn't stop laughing. And again, I thought, you know, one of them should have been wearing something, maybe a scarf or something different to kind of just jazz it up. But it was, it was funny that you should mention that. No, so that's, no that's good so out of your own collection which are your favorite ones to wear what what should, what do you normally go for yourself i go for a lot of our zebra crossing prints this is an emerald green with a sort of a really stripy fun zebra on it so i wear that quite a lot because i just feel like green goes well with pink i wear a lot of pale pink that suits me on the sort of top half um i do love our orange leopard I feel that that's really nice and bright. And if I'm trying to tone it down a bit, say I just feel like I don't want to be so shouty in my colour that day, I'll wear our Dalmatian, our skinny yeah, Dalmatian. Let me just hold, yeah, let me just hold that up so people can see. So you, oh, they're upside down. Oh no, they're just all over. I think it's because they, the they go way. different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I realise that as I'm, as I'm showcasing it. So is there a 101 on here? There's not a one on there but we do have our dalmatian square right. which has got 101 on it yeah that's so cool and as you said so we wanted to with our, with our dalmatian so we did our london fashion scarf first um oh i'll, I'll go back to talking more about the business so in in my 20s and lisa was i was working in fashion and lisa was um doing her design agency and um then we decided at the end of 2018 um in lisa's kitchen we had a bit of a light bulb moment. I've spoken about this before on other various marketing kind of lives and stuff, but essentially I got dumped by a boyfriend and was unbelievably heartbroken. 
and uh, went round to Lisa, as I would always go round to Lisa for support. <laughs> Poor Lisa, she is my work wife in every sense. So I went round to her and ended up crying in her kitchen. And somehow during that conversation, talking about my heartbreak, we were like, let's just start a business. Let's just go for it. You know, let's just see what happens. So for the whole of 2019, we spent our time, draw me drawing, her designing. We were both working full time. It was just let's just see where this goes yeah. just we knew that we loved it we knew that we had an idea but we didn't you know you know when you're doing something before you've launched it you've got no idea if anyone's going to like it but in that time it really helped us evolve our design process because we weren't hurrying it was just all very evolving very naturally um and then we launched with our london fashion scarf which people liked and our fashion house scarf which people liked then the pandemic came in which actually was a real gift for us because it gave us time to connect with women on instagram to grow our audience to evolve our style to be totally undistracted from life and that's kind of how our business has been slowly evolving over the last couple of years so your designs and the silk is hand so it's hand drawn hand mm -hmm. designed yes. by yourself and lisa then is it actually made in Britain? No, it's not made in Britain. It's made in the town in China where silk first originated. There's an area of China called Hanzhou. And there's a, there's a, a sort of a fable that 5,000 years ago, a princess was, you know, having a cup of tea and a silkworm fell in it and it unraveled. And she had this silk, but she then got her maid to spin oh. and weave into silk. And that's how silk came about. So we've gone directly to the source okay. um, of where silk because there's a lot of silk printing in Italy and it sounds very glamorous to you know have silk scarves printed in Italy but effectively they're flying the bolts of silk from China to Italy to then print them and then fly them to England and oh, we feel we wanted yeah, to go directly to the source. So, so, well, so that leads me nicely on to the sustainability factor so how in your design process and when you start thinking about any product you're going to be bringing to market what do you and Lisa discuss about on the sustainability side what can you share with us well obviously because we go straight to the source that cuts out some air miles and that kind of way yeah we also we print digitally so when I was at art school digital silk printing was just coming in before it was screen printing so it's done through big screens on flatbed tables where they would ink put big I ink through big screens I did that for my A-level art and it's yeah. it's really lovely doing it but it's very very polluting because the ink then just gets washed off and washed into the rivers and you know there's been lots of hoo-ha about all of that so when I first started art school and then in the sort of the 10-12 years before we started just that style digital printing so printing onto fabric through like it's not a home computer but you know like a laser computer like you would print at home yeah. became um, into fashion which is great because through the technical kind of setup of it it means that you can back prints up without wasting any fabric and you're not wasting any ink and you can do very our factory are brilliant you can do very limited print runs you can make 50 minimums which is amazing so there's no excess there's yeah. no you know trying to sell it off cheap there's none of that going on and because with the cut it's obviously squares or um yeah. stripes yeah. Yeah. You obviously you're not wasting any fabric then either, no. are you? Or very limited. No. We make sure that we fit them. Our factory will only allow us to make things that fit on the bolt. So kind of so the, that all width or how and they they're measuring it up, yeah, to make as little waste as possible. Um yeah, 
given that we're yeah i'm lisa and i've always been quite sustainable i definitely am not into buying loads of stuff and chucking stuff out i just know we're into yeah, making no, something that you can really treasure and is worth the money and i think again this is one of the real added benefits especially as a stylish person wanting to make sure that you know what you're investing in has been as best it can be not many products you know can't be made 100 percent sustainably but where it can where the thought has gone through and this is where you know smaller businesses like yourself can take the time and the consideration and work with the suppliers to make sure that what you bring to market is as best you can on a sustainable front so i think that's fantastic i really really do so tell me emma because um the time's just flown so um we'll, we'll, we'll have to kind of bring this to an end which is which is a bit of a shame but just what's next for just add style what 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 uh what sort of what can you share what what designs or is there a new category is there anything that that we can get excited about over the next three or four months yes definitely so last year we introduced i'll just bring one up from here we introduced our eye masks yeah which because ultimately my dream and also lisa's but i'm definitely pushing it is silk pajamas oh, i really want to do a sleepwear yeah, range yeah, 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 so sure. we started started last year with some eye masks so double-sided yeah. prints just yeah. and people have loved these so we're going to be doing some more eye masks using some of the prints from our current scarves mixing the colors up a bit um and we also are going to try and hopefully do some collaborations to kind of spread our word of our brand out there so maybe we'd love to collaborate with a luxury hotel or something we're just starting to explore that now so just kind of Think all the time thinking about how can we take these beautiful prints and put them on other products that people are going to love such as pajamas or silk shirts or silk camisole or something yeah and then exactly. how can we then you know sort of elevate our brands so that more people know about it by collaborating with other people and doing bespoke collections for them yeah yeah and if somebody is watching or listening to this and doesn't particularly you know it's not their thing but they've got girlfriends or a wife or a mum, and they know that they really love scarves which one if you could only pick one which would you suggest they pick as a gift for somebody i would say probably our leopard love because it's a kind of a nod to leopard print yeah it's a nod to leopard print i think that people feel safe with leopard print it's become such yeah. a popular and I was lucky enough to illustrate Erica Davis's book, um, Leopard is a Neutral. I did some fashion illustrations for that, that book. Yeah, so I did that. That, that was one of my pandemic jobs. <laughs> Sat at home on my kitchen table, which is drawing fashion illustrations. that book somewhere. Oh, I've got a quick look in my Yes, yeah, lovely pink book. cover and yeah. those drawings on the internet. You illustrated internet. that. Yes, I did. Yes. Wow. I did. The, I did all the internal fashion illustrations. Um, I was very lucky to be asked to do that. No. Yeah, so well, I still do a mix of fashion illustration work and just that style. So it feels like it's really cohesive. So well, yeah, you definitely know then leopard print is a new yeah. tool. Yeah. Because it does, I think it does give women, women a lot of confidence. And I think, um, funnily enough, another print that I wrote about recently, I think Houndstooth has started yes. to become a neutral. I mean, it's been around, at first, when it first launched, 
into accessories about two, three years ago. I thought it was just going to be for a season, possibly two, but it's really started, particularly for people who are more into monochrome, it's really started to become um, and it's, it's not Houndstooth Tooth is not as shouty as leopard print. Leopard print's quite bold. I mean, yeah. Lisa wears a lot of leopard print because she can take it. She's dark haired, she's really tall, she's got great style. Whereas I would never really wear that much leopard print. I don't think I own it. I think I've got one skirt from Zara that's a silk leopard print skirt. Um, but yeah, I feel Houndstooth is a kind of slightly more sophisticated. Well, um, was, I was about to use the word grown up because the yeah, thing is, grown up, yeah. especially, um, I'm not, because as I say, I think you either lend yourself a lot to colour or perhaps you're more on a classic neutral palette. And I would say, whilst I can dabble in colour and I'm very confident in colour, 80% of what I wear is more down the neutral, daily, black or cream or white. And what I particularly like about hounds tooth is i feel elevated without having to add a pop of color but what i've not seen done very well if i'm honest is i like it in the neutrals but i've not some brands have done hounds tooth in color mm. but haven't quite got it right and i can't tell mm. you what's wrong about it but you know you just think it hasn't worked whereas yeah. leopard print that does work across a lot of color spectrum. So, so yeah, but I, I totally agree with you. Leopard print, vast majority of people love it. Zebra print, I think actually zebra print looks slightly better on me than, it, than leopard print. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing. You can have a lot of fun, can't you, with print and color. And it's for us, uh, for Lisa and I, just said style, it's about trying to find that next thing, that kind of, you know, like when we, when we, yeah. Then we then did our tiger and our zebra because it's like, what's on? What's one step on from the current trend that people aren't doing yet? So we're now trying to think, think of yeah. what's one step on from what we're doing. It's all the time, how, like loving what we're doing evolve. and then thinking ahead. Yeah. Yeah, that's how brands evolve. Well, listen, Emma, it's been absolutely lovely to talk to you this morning. I certainly feel a lot closer to the brand, understanding all the Not design good. elements. I hope everyone's enjoyed listening. Just very quickly, the masks are £35. Yes, the skinny scarf, and bearing in mind you get two for the price of one, are £60. Um, the larger scarves are £125. Um, but just lastly, I noticed £5 goes towards a charity suited and booted. But what yeah. I think is very, very interested, and I'd be very keen to know a little bit, that supports men. So um, yes. that's helping men get back into employment. Yeah, most women businesses typically will always support a women's charity. I think it's fascinating yeah. that so we've, we've got a little bit of yeah, we've got a bit of a story about this. So when we first started, we were thinking about oh, we'll support Smart Works. You know, the amazing female charity that yeah. helps women get back in the workplace that has done so unbelievably amazingly well over the last few years. I mean, they've got centres at various cities in the world. They've got you know, an amazing team of people who are helping these women get into work. And it's like unbelievably amazing. But then we randomly stumbled across this charity that does it for men, the same, but it's much more in its infancy in terms of promotion, because it's not as sexy to, you know, say that you're supporting unemployed, you know, maybe 
uh, vulnerable men, low income who need to get back into the workplace. Sexy, but I thought how fabulous when I read yeah, that. So, I really so I think I thought yes. And also because it's a smaller charity, it's easier to make an impact. You know, we know them, we're getting to know them quite well. We can have emails, we meet them, you know. I just run the London Marathon and raised a thousand pounds for the charity, which was oh, a bit of an effort for me. Yeah, <laughs> no, um, but it's just trying to, I feel quite passionately that businesses these days need to not just be totally about yourself. It's not a vanity project. I feel quite passionately. You know, I've got lots of friends who are doctors and nurses and I just swan around in fashion thinking, am I actually doing anything like helpful or of value? Yeah, so it feels yeah. like this is our way of being able to give back financially and also raise awareness and you know Lisa and I are very passionate about our careers and our work and certainly for me I've been very privileged to have a great education and like meet someone like Lisa who can like mentor me but what happens if I didn't have that luck yeah who who would have helped me so I feel quite passionately about giving back suited and booted it's it's to support men to get back into employment or if they're on a low income to elevate them up to that next level because as much as it pains me to say this the minute you walk into your interview you are judged before you've said anything yeah you know they'll look at your shoes they'll look at your hair they'll look and they'll make a judgment call Mm -hmm. and i think anything that sort of helps people prepare for their interview Mm -hmm. and gets them in through the door and gets them to be able to get their skill set across without being judged on what they look or whatever is 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 massive so i think suited and booted help with styling advice and the kind of beautiful tailored suits and things and then they also help with interview technique practice career mentorship because then I think that then these men can go into these interviews and you know as we said at the beginning of this uh chat um clothes affect how how you feel you kind of you dress a certain way you act a certain way you live a certain life I'm really I'm really into that yeah no I think that's really brilliant so I love it so thanks again and no um, thank you but yeah lovely thank you Emma thank you very much just taking a brief pause on the podcast this week to let you know that if you head to my blog lovedbylizzy.com and you subscribe it is free to do so then you can get my 2023 ageless styling guide with all my hints and tips to keep your style modern welcome back well this just leaves me i hope you enjoyed the whole interview um but this just leaves me now to give you um let's do the aspirational card of the week so i've got my box here as you can hear and um, I'll give it a good shuffle and then I'll pick a card be the kind of woman who makes others want to up their game very very good elevate your style elevate your life and this is definitely the motto you need be the kind of woman that makes others want to up their game So I'll leave that one there with you and thanks again for listening. I hope you all have a fabulous week ahead and I'll see you again soon. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Styling Matters. There's always more on my blog at lovedbylizzy.com and don't forget to give me a follow on Instagram at lizzy.richardson. Bye for now.